BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Residents in several foothill communities east of Los Angeles are being warned to prepare for possible evacuations because of the bobcat fire burning in the Angeles National Forest. The blaze, which started on Sunday, has consumed more than 10,000 acres and remains unchecked. And firefighters fear it might grow quickly because of forecast Santa Ana winds. The communities under evacuation watch include parts of Altadena, Azusa, Monrovia, and Sierra Madre. Here's Foothill resident Joey Kuchakian talking to KTLA News. All night we've uh, monitored the fire. We kept watching and um, being afraid that any second we need to get in the car and leave. The U.S. Forest Service says the Bobcat fire might not be completely contained until October 15th. Meanwhile, the Angeles National Forest, like other recreational federal land in California, has been closed to the public as a way to prevent more fires. Let's move to another blaze. The Creek Fire east of Fresno has grown to over 162,000 acres and is still 0% contained. Hundreds of people who were trapped by the blaze have been rescued, and officials are trying to find others who might still need help. The California Report's Alex Hall has more. Evacuation warnings and orders have expanded every day since the fire began Friday. Lieutenant Brandon Purcell with the Fresno County Sheriff's Office says close to 30,000 people have been evacuated so far. Those areas that are evacuated under orders, we are going to continue that and I would anticipate continuing that for quite a while. And those areas that are in warnings, anticipate those becoming orders. Over 200 people have now been rescued, some by military helicopter. Most of those people were camping or hiking over the holiday weekend and became trapped when the blaze spread quickly. We have folks that are out hiking. We have folks that were out in the wilderness. Dean Gould, forest supervisor for the Sierra National Forest, said that people staying at established campgrounds have been accounted for. But responders are still working to locate any other people who may still be out in the woods. We're really doing a lot of tracking down to see cars that may have been parked at trailheads, identifying who those people were, and make sure that every person that we are aware of has been accounted for out here and taken care of. 
The National Weather Service says a red flag warning is in effect through 8 p.m. tonight. Winds are expected to contribute to fire growth over the next few days. For the California Report, I'm Alex Hall in Fresno. And as the state's many wildfires burn, Governor Gavin Newsom is venting his frustration with people who don't see a connection between the catastrophes and our planet's changing climate, like President Trump. Here's Newsom speaking yesterday. I quite literally have no patience for climate change deniers. Uh, It simply follows uh, completely inconsistent that point of view with the reality on the ground, the facts as we are experiencing. You may not believe it intellectually, but your own eyes, your own experiences tell a different story, particularly out here in the West Coast of the United States. Newsom restated California's commitment to fighting climate change by moving the state's economy away from fossil fuels. Power is expected to be restored to 172,000 Pacific gas and electric customers by the end of today. The utility giant intentionally shut the power off as a way to prevent electrical equipment from sparking even more wildfires in hot, dry, and windy conditions. PG&E's Mark Quinlan says his company expects to get the all clear this morning to get the lights back on. And he says there are lots of workers standing by to make sure it happens quickly. So we have a fleet of approximately 60 helicopters, one fixed wing aircraft uh, to do aerial patrols and just shy of 3000 employees in the field that are doing everything that they can uh, to get our customers and our communities back in lights after the extreme uh, fire conditions have uh, have passed. The areas currently without power include the Sierra Nevada foothills from Shasta County to Tuolumne and parts of Napa and Sonoma counties. Here in Southern California, we've got our own power outage issues. Around 9,000 SoCal Edison customers are without power near Palmdale, and more than 53,000 remained under consideration for shutoffs ahead of forecast Santa Ana winds. PG&E's aging equipment has sparked some of the state's largest wildfires, including the deadly 2018 fire that destroyed much of the town of Paradise and killed 85 people. But on this day in 2015, PG&E lines also caused a deadly fire in Amador County, east of Sacramento. My California Report co-host Lily Jamali has the story. The Butte Fire killed two people and destroyed or damaged almost a thousand homes and businesses. And those affected are still trying to put their lives back together five years later, including survivor Teresa McBride. I and many others still live in camping trailers. So um, some were able to rebuild. I would say that the rebuilds, a lot of them ended up doing modulars because the cost of rebuilding was so high to try to build anything to what they had. They couldn't. Um, Even those that had insurance, many of them had to go with a smaller home. But I'd say less than 20% have stayed and uh, rebuilt. The Butte fire was included in a settlement that PG&E reached with fire victims as part of its second bankruptcy, which wrapped up this summer. McBride says people in her community sometimes feel like the forgotten ones. They're waiting for their settlement money and are filing claims with the bankruptcy trustee, along with about 80,000 survivors of other fires caused by PG&E. It's sad. It's very sad. My heart aches for the people in paradise and all that, and they're trying to come to grips with filling out all the paperwork, and I'm having to remember a whole lot of stuff from five years ago, and the sky is filled with smoke, and 
It's hard. I will tell you, it's, <laughs> it's not easy. She says every day brings constant reminders of the fire that cost her so much, even five very long years later. For the California Report, I'm Lily Jamali. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. After fleeing wildfires, many Californians are returning to homes that have been destroyed or severely damaged by the wildfires. That means they'll be dealing with insurance issues that can get really confusing really quickly. Amy Bach, an expert on insurance, is the co-founder of the consumer rights group United Policyholders. She talked to me about her advice for wildfire victims. So the first thing to do is to understand uh, that it is a process, that, that the process of extracting a large sum of money from an insurance company requires you to jump through a certain number of hoops and understand that it's business and it's your asset. And as, as hurting as you are, um, you need to recover as much money as possible out of your insurance so that you can get back on your feet. So the, the, there's a couple things we tell people to do. Number one, understand that, that you are going on a journey and it's going to take some time. So don't try to get everything done at once. Number two, uh, get a copy of your, a complete and current copy of your insurance policy as soon as possible. And then number three, start a journal um, so that you can take an organized approach to the process or as organized as you can be under these challenging circumstances. So even as you're in shock, returning to a home that's partially damaged by a fire or maybe even totally gone, you're saying you still have to try to think clearly and think long range. That's right. That's right. Because a lot of uh, people and information is going to be coming at you, people who are offering help um, and, and people who are trying to get you to hire them, um, people who are pressuring you to make decisions. And it's too much in the first couple of weeks. So we say, Work on finding a comfortable place to stay um, and, and focus on that um, and, and getting yourself situated in temporary housing that's comfortable before you start trying to make any kind of other financial decisions. And Amy, how should people view their insurance companies after a disaster? Are they allies? Are they adversaries? Are they both? And they're a little bit of both. Um, and, and the reality is that we don't want people to feel discouraged or come in loaded for bear, ready to have a fight with their insurance company. We do not recommend that frame of mind, but we also don't recommend the frame of mind of thinking, oh, my insurance company is going to come and everything is going to be okay. Think of your insurance claim as a business transaction and your goal is to get in and get out and collect every dollar that you're entitled to. Don't think of them as the enemy. They didn't burn your house down and you need them. 
Um, but understand the reality of the situation, that you're not dealing with a government entity or a charity. You're dealing with a for-profit business. So we've talked about people who are dealing now with insurance issues after a natural disaster. How about people who say haven't been harmed by recent wildfires, but they're thinking about future disasters and their insurance policies? What should they be doing right now? Three things. Number one, take out your smartphone and make an inventory. Walk around, make a video, narrate as you go. Here's my bedroom set that I inherited from my aunt. Here's the couch I bought at Macy's five years ago. Go outside. Here are the windows we replaced last year. Here is the roof that we changed out um, or whatever it is that you want to narrate so that you have a nice recorded video that shows the inside outside of your house and your possessions. You have inventory. That's number one. Number two, pull your insurance policy out. Make sure you have a current copy. You know, these days with, with everything happening, you know, paperless, it can take a while to get your policy. So try to get your hands on a current policy, a copy of your home insurance policy, so at least you know where to find it. And then number three is have a conversation with your agent about whether or not you have enough coverage. And, and if you find that you don't, then adjust your limits upward. Take a higher deductible if you want to save some money. But... But remember that two-thirds of the wildfire victims that United Policyholders works with find themselves underinsured on their dwelling. So the the easiest thing, Saul, for most of us, we're not not in the construction business. We don't know how much it would cost to put our house back, um, but we do want to know that we have enough protection. So... um, so you can you can do a, a rough check on whether you have enough to rebuild your house at current prices, which in California you probably want to have at least two hundred to three hundred a square foot of insurance on your dwelling at least, and so you as the property owner need to uh, take a little more proactive role than you used to in making sure that your home is adequately protected because you cannot blindly trust that your insurance company has you fully covered. All right. Amy Bach of United Policyholders, always a pleasure to talk to you about insurance issues. Thanks so much. Thank you, Saul. Let's turn to California's other mega challenge, the pandemic. In consultation with public health experts, Governor Gavin Newsom is relaxing coronavirus restrictions in five more California counties. That means restaurants, churches, gyms, and nail salons are now allowed to open for indoor activities with fewer people and other modifications. The change applies to Amador, Orange, Placer, Santa Clara, and Santa Cruz counties. While California is averaging more than 100,000 coronavirus coronavirus tests per day, an average of just 3.8% of people tested positive for the virus over the past week. Newsom says hospitalizations are down too. If those appear to be uh, more promising numbers, uh, it's because they are. The announcement means the state has now eased restrictions for more than 8 million people living in three of the state's most populous counties, San Diego, Orange, and Santa Clara. Newsom says this ease of restrictions is being considered for seven other counties. And staying on coronavirus worries, let me introduce you to this man. Sacramento, California, we are coming for you tomorrow from 5 to 8 p.m. on the steps of the Capitol. It's 
it's all been leading up to this. The last 20 That is Reading Pastor Sean Foyth calling on his followers to join him for a worship service held in Sacramento over this past weekend. The service, like others Foyth has organized along the West Coast, is being criticized by Governor Newsom as a menace to public health. KQD's Katie Orr reports. The California Highway Patrol granted a permit allowing 1,000 people to gather for the Christian Rally Sunday with the condition they socially distance. But the CHP estimates up to 3,000 showed up. Few were wearing masks or keeping their distance. Newsom says he's getting a full report on the event, but that organizers need to take some responsibility. If you say you're going to do something, do it. If you get a permit to do something and you say you're going to do the right thing, then you need to do the right thing. Newsom repeatedly urged the public to limit mixing over the holiday weekend in an effort to prevent a spike of COVID-19 cases. He says it's possible people could die because of a case linked to this rally. For the California Report, I'm Katie Orr in Sacramento. And that is the California Report for Wednesday, September 9th, a production of KQED Public Radio. You can get the latest fire news from your part of California by listening to your local NPR station. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Please be careful out there. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Support for the California Report comes from Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. Water heaters only. Specializing in the repair and replacement of water heaters since 1968. Licensed and insured. Open 24 hours a day, every day. Learn more at waterheatersonly.com. And Personal Capital. Offering remote telefinance services with financial advisors and digital financial planning tools. Personalcapital.com. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.